That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker What's up, jobbers? And welcome to the latest edition of the Jobber Knocker Podcast. As always, is Nestle Mini alongside for the ride is a man that, well, he had a childhood fantasy of Trish Stratus as well as I did. JC. Whoa, it's like rock and roll. Was that the best promo of Trish's career? I wasn't paying attention. Those things were stuffed. Yeah, she. Uh, there was a lot going on in that promo. Uh, but yeah, we're going to get there. For sure, we're going to get there. Um, and it's a Wednesday, as you know, so we're going to hit on NXT and uh, do a little spring break-in at the end of the show, so don't you worry about that, as well as a million other things. Vanessa Mania, how do we start this show? Always in the shine, Joshua. And uh, that is not my name. I don't know who the fuck is Joshua. But uh, I'm going to start off with a match this week as my super shine of the week, Nestlemania. We're going to Monday Night Raw, and we're going to talk about The Miz versus Seth freaking Rollins in a super hot fire, five fame TV classic. Pew, 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 pew. Sorry, I should have the sound effect. It would have been great. Um, yeah, listen, I did not. I So I didn't watch Raw live. Obviously, I had to catch up to it. Who does? Because, you know, it's three hours, and I just like to fast forward a lot um, of commercials. But, man, people on Twitter were going wild for it, and I went. It's one of those things where, like, you try to not read Twitter because you don't want it to impact how you feel as a fan. But when I watched that match, I went, God damn it. We know Seth Rollins is fantastic. We know that. We know that Seth Rollins is outstanding. But then, like, The Miz is just as good and he hung in there and did a great job. And I just thought it was wonderful, wonderful. And I just couldn't, I, I don't think there's a better match this week that I've seen. I, it, it was unbelievable. It was wonderful. And the Miz just did a great job letting just Seth Rollins beat the, just the piss out of him, just the piss out of him. It was, it was amazing because the other thing I wanted to hit on here, and I'm curious, uh, you being a Miz guy, not that I'm not, but you're definitely a super Miz guy. I'm curious how you feel about this. They went out of their way throughout this entire matchup to say the Miz is just looking for respect after getting beat down at WrestleMania twice, three times, a lady, whatever. But to me, it felt a little odd because I feel like that's the whole Miz arc character throughout his entire career. And even into like reality television, he's always been looking for respect and not got it at all. Now, even if he won those championships, all those championships. So I'm curious how you feel about how they portrayed that because it felt like yeah, it was like a no-brainer. Of course he wants respect. It's the Miz. That's what he harps on all the time. But it was interesting that they brought it up to me. Yeah, it's one of those things with the Miz because he's proven time and time again that he's the guy that literally you can do anything to him, whether it's good or bad. He's still the Miz. He's always going to be the Miz. He's always going to garner a reaction when he's out there. He's always going to impact a segment when he's on screen. And he's always he's always going to be something that no matter what he does, you know he's going to do a good job. And uh, so I think with this, it's just like 
they don't always highlight like how good of a wrestler Miz actually kind of is because we know he's like as safe as it can be and all this and that. But in terms of in-ring ability and like in-ring storytelling and just being able to like sell and take moves and deliver moves and have a coherent digestible match, there ain't too many that do it as consistently as the Miz. So I think that the commentary and that kind of stuff was just kind of flowing with that type of match being like, we're giving you like a 15 minute classic between a guy that is perceived as one of the best in ring wrestlers in the world versus a guy who's more perceived as having the mouth. But we're going to like, we want to kind of highlight in this match in particular that he's fully capable of putting on Boehner's. So that's just the way I took it because yeah, you're right. I mean, the Miz is always going to be an underdog. He's always been a guy that was overlooked and underrated and this and that, no matter what, but like you said, he's also accomplished everything to accomplish in uh, in this great sport of wrestling. So I just like that for this week. It was pretty like a community like thing where every, we were all on board being like that match was fucking awesome. The Miz deserved to have a match like that to kind of get through. Like like you said, like it's awesome to have all those matches and appearances at WrestleMania. But this kind of showed that yeah, the Miz is still legit. So do you know who Andrew Champagne is? Oh, I know who Andrew Champagne is. Seriously. Get a JC Dollar Shave Club membership stat. Stat. I mean, if we're looking for sponsors, I would agree, Andrew. I think he'd be a great spokesperson for Dollar Shave Club, but that's just me. So, by the way, how was Nashville? I didn't even get a chance to ask you. Did you have fun? Uh, Nashville was an absolute blast, but I am still lagging tremendously from it. Uh, Still recovering. And, uh, yeah, the the doctor worked on a lot of my physical issues uh, this morning. Uh, in a half hour session, but a lot of the like internal, like I've gotten myself a little sick here, uh, just because of like the come down and allergies and you know, all that fun stuff. Our friend, the back cracker, the doctor, the calf cracker says that JC's calves are stronger than my wrestling takes. Obviously, uh, that's a, that's a detriment to both of us, I think, but that's okay. You're basically saying we're both weak. Thank you. I mean, my body is not what it used to be, Adam. And I'm very fine with admitting that. I am becoming I'm not as old as you yet, but I'm I'm getting up there. Are you kidding me? I am limber. I'm flexible. I'm I'm gonna you're like 49, 50, 60 years old at this point. So I think if I I would I would love to put a picture side by side comparison as we've talked about before. If they looked at me, they looked at you, they think you would be older than me. Hands down, hundred percent. Well, that's because I have facial hair and you can't grow facial hair. That is a low blow. You know how I feel about that. I can, I listen, puberty, I'm still waiting on. All right. So that's just me. I'm waiting that for a true. puberty bus. That's what I am. Okay. The 50 year old without puberty. There it is. Yeah. It's like the 40 year old virgin kind. I know. I was trying to do it like that, but I couldn't yeah. like make it like sitting in my head. So eh. I'm a 50 year old boy, is what you're going to say? Yeah. You're something. I'm a, okay. Great. Appreciate that. Um, I don't know where we are on this program anymore. I just completely lost. Um, well, let's, let's see. You know, we talked about the match of the week. Uh, what was your favorite promo of the week? And why was it Trish Stratus? <laughs> so, so I appreciated the booze right out of the gate. She had the old style with the silhouette. I went great. And then she came out looking like old school Trish with the TNA gimmick and the whole, the whole thing. And then she cuts a promo and I'm like, we, we dogged her. We dogged her for weeks, folks. We've dogged her so hard on this program for just being a fucking, like, don't she was. She, she was, was terrible. She was awful. And then she comes out, and I'm like, how the fuck did she string that along for, th- what was it, like three, five minutes? It was it probably went a little too long. It would be my only, oh, yeah. like, nestle nitpick for sure. But, like, like I wasn't joking when I said that may have been Trisha's best performance of her career. But it was one of those things It's like, She's clearly way more comfortable here, like being a heel. And she just kind of like lived it up. And she obviously has done that a little bit in the past as well. But this one, it was like, okay, 
I can work with this Trish. I can work with this Trish as a semi-full-time performer if we're getting performances like this. I did chuckle very hard when she said, I'm not your childhood fantasy. It made me laugh so hard because all I could think about was like, how many, how, how many people did, did, you know what I mean? Like we all, you know, nothing we can say. I'm sure in the chat, I'm sure Joe will say something specific, but I, you know, it's just like, I was the reason that you cared about the women's division. I'm not your childhood fantasy. I'm, I'm the most important figure in WWE history. And I went now we always agree. And this is something that was taught to me a long time ago is that heels aren't necessarily the bad guys, the bad women, the bad people. They just believe that they are correct even when they're not. Delusion. Yeah, and I think that to me was very striking when I was watching Trish Stratus's promo where I was like she believes that she believes that she's right and I can get into that, right? I can believe that she's definitely you know, on that path. And that's a believable heel for me. That's an absolute believable heel. So. No, I agree completely. Sorry. I'm laughing at one of the comments that I, Nestle is your geriatric fantasy. Is that what you're laughing at? <laughs> yes. Oh my word. I'll have you, I'll have, you know, we're that barely I, into this show and we're off the rails. I, I'm going to tell you right now. I would tell you right now, right now, I am more athletic than anybody in this chat. I am better looking than anybody in this chat. That is not true. And I can do anything better than everybody in this chat. That That's is, a, oh my God. Speaking of, de, speaking of delusional, I present to you, Adam Nessel. Uh, but we move on because we're, we're in the shine. We're in the shine here, Nesselmania. Jesus <laughs> um, Christ. And we've gone way too long in the shine without me being able to talk about Cody Rhodes. Um, oh, Jesus. And you know what? They kind of did the reverse Brock here because normally Brock's the one beating up all the security. But for this segment, all Brock had to do was dust his way out there and smile while Cody beat up about a fucking 50 local enhancement talent dressed up as security guards. And you know what, Nestlemania? We love a little bit of men throwing men around in this program. So uh, that's shine worthy for me. I mean, here's the thing. I did not expect him to show up in a duster. And if Joe's in this chat going to tell me that I should be wearing a duster right now, he can he can go to the Nestle Fund and he can pay for it and have it shipped to my house because he makes a lot more money. Than, I can't afford a duster. I have two kids, crying out loud. Uh, but God damn it, when he wore the black duster, I was like, "Well, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous to me." Like, and then the other thing too is, think about this real quick, right? Like, not only did he show up in a cowboy hat and a duster, but he didn't do anything. Like, they flew him in to essentially stand there, come and out, I went, smile at a duster, and I was just like. Man, imagine imagine being able to leave your giant palatial mansion in Saskatchewan. And then you're just like, yep, I'm going to eat some catering, put on my duster because I look like a badass. And then just stand there while Cody Rhodes looks like a fucking Tasmanian devil throwing all these fucking guys around like a fucking idiot. All I could think about was he got paid for that. He got paid to stand there in a duster. I, I mean, Brock, I Brock gets to do that a lot. And I'm honestly okay with it. Because one thing I've noticed about uh, Cody feuds is they're very good at not letting them touch for a long time. And, I mean, it just kind of works because that's just kind of how it is. But I do want to say this because there was a parallel that came across my Twitter time on about 20 minutes before we got on the air. So what uh, what was the record for The Undertaker after Brock Lesnar beat him in WrestleMania? After? Yeah, what was his record? 21-1. What was Anthony Agogo's record after Cody Rhodes beat him? 21 and 1. one. Cody and Brock are the 21 and 1 club, baby. And now they're feuding to see who the best streak ender is of all time. 
I fucking died. I can't believe like that is a real stat. That's no bullshit unless this guy on Twitter is fucking working. But it's just like I saw that. I'm like, top five tweet I, I've ever seen. If you top five if tweet you, I've ever seen. If you if you had said to me things that I would have never thought we would have talked about on this program today tonight on a Wednesday is that Anthony Agogo would come in out of the your mouth. shine in the shine, let alone anything else. You would he needs to a go go added by television. I he mean, he did. he did. He pretty much did. Uh, you know. He's the greatest just, way in of all time, but I mean, he apparently he's been working on dark. I don't know. We'd have to ask Dom. Dom's our dark and elevation watcher. Dommy dark. Dommy yeah, dark. Dummy dark. dark. Dummy Darko. That's what we're going to have to call him now. Dummy Darko. I like Poor that. bastard. I love you, Dom. Uh, so anyway, I did want to say very much that I thought was the one thing that I was kind of hoping for was that Cody was going to punch Pierce in the face with that because it felt like it was building up to that. Like, but obviously, yeah, it was. It was. Baby face. Yeah, but, it was weird because it there was a lot of very Adam Pierce interaction, but them not him not crossing that line. So yeah, that was interesting. I don't know. I just it sucked. It it like in that aspect of it because because I, I felt like I don't know like it's something about Cody Rhodes throwing guys around that are either bigger than him or the same size it was just less believable than a Brock Lesnar throwing people around. Well, like I mean, come on. So you know, but it is what it is. It's just it's funny to me that a guy who's supposed to be security can't handle people who are supposed to be secure. You know what I mean? Like. Security should be able to hold back one person. As I know it's wrestling logic, but it was just kind of like, huh? But whatever, it's fine. All I'm all I'm gonna all I'm gonna say is it's a duster. It's a fucking duster. It was almost the title of this program, but it's not. So it's fine. Uh, what else do you got for me? You know what else we always put in the shine WrestleMania? Big meaty men slapping their meat all over the ring. And we had our weekly uh, Bronson Reed and Lashley interaction. We had a Monday night rerun. We had a few of those uh, on Monday uh, between Theory and Bobby Lashley. But out came the, the man meat, the meat man himself, Bronson Reed, uh, who's uh, tweeted about his meat quite, uh, quite a lot this week. Uh, and him and Lashley, I mean, it's one of those things. I'm going to say this. I'm not going to say I'm a Bronson Reed guy because I'm not, but the last two weeks have done a lot for me actually like paying attention to him. And I think that's a testament to him. I think that's a testament to Bobby Lashley. I think it's a testament to them realizing like, let's fucking put Bronson Reed against the other big man meet on this fucking roster and see what he can do because that's compelling television. So second straight week, Bronson Reed in the shine, baby. I thought, so I was curious because they did the I'm Mr. Nice guy. Like I thought that was an interesting package. I didn't understand what they were going for right out of the gate. But then towards the end of it, I was like, okay, I'll buy it. I'll, I'll bite. It's fine. And of course we have theory versus Bobby. I felt like theory couldn't lose. It was nice for Reed to interject himself, but it was weird. Cause all I could think about going forward for next week, was it because Bronson Reed got involved in theory's match. And then actually it looked like, you know, Bronson Reed was in trouble with Lashley. Lashley then got drop kicked by theory that next week, out of nowhere, we're going to have Bronson Reed versus Theory for no fucking reason, except that Triple he didn't need to fucking threat. Triple threat. So I don't know. It just it seems odd to me. Like, I appreciate the tsunami. I appreciate all that stuff. And again, I'm not going to call him Nestle guy because I see potential in there, but uh -huh. I'm not necessarily I'm not necessarily in love with him. So <sighs> getting close there to cursing the poor kid where he's finally getting some momentum. Leave him alone, damn it. Maybe um, he's a tsunami. Speaking of a big man that has a lot of momentum, WrestleMania, we are recording on a Wednesday, which means I can talk about NXT, NXT. And there's been a massive character change uh, in the last couple weeks between one man, and that is the main event of NXT himself, Mr. Broadbreaker. Uh, and I'm watching this and I'm going, man, if anyone had any doubts about Braun Breaker, if they haven't seen his heel run the, for the first couple weeks here, 
I think those doubts are gone because all the criticisms we had of him as a baby face instantly rectified as a heel. So it's one of those things like you always go like, oh, why didn't they pull the trigger sooner? Obviously, I get it. He was the champion. He was the baby face. It was the yada yada feel good. But like him losing the title was the perfect avenue to doing this. I'm assuming he's probably going to be one of those guys that gets picked up in the draft. But Braun Breaker as a heel and this character and him being an absolute fucking dick is as natural as it comes for him, baby. And I mean... I don't know if you guys haven't seen it yet. You got to check it out because I'm putting in the shine for a reason, because man, I've been waiting for this with him. I've been waiting for it. Be like, okay, what is going to take him to the next level? What can make him more than just be like, okay, yeah, yeah. He's young. He doesn't have a lot of experience. I see the untapped potential, but when do we start to tap into that? And character wise, the last couple of weeks, Ooh, baby. And next week, I mean, he probably pretty much has a squash match, uh, with Mr. Andre Chase, the leader of Chase University, as we saw set up with uh, Duke throwing him uh, to the dogs, quote unquote, literally, uh, right once again. But it's one of those things. It's like I'm fine with that because it kind of like keeps him away from titles for the meantime and lets him just fucking arr, 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 bark up on different trees, baby. I don't see him being on NXT for much longer. So I, I would imagine, like you said, he's definitely, definitely going to be somebody that has to go in the draft and we haven't really talked much about the draft because we don't really know i think it's what two weeks away from now or something it's like the that same week as the nfl draft apparently on purpose oh goody goody can't wait that was on accident they said it right is that what i said it was on i think accident. it's a week from friday and then the following raw i okay. believe so i'll be curious to see what happens i mean if they split the titles that's fine i mean obviously no. we can get into that but uh, you know i doubt nope. that no that'd you don't be, want that that'd be terrible it'd be a huge cop out it would fucking you can split the tag titles. I'm actually okay with that. But Roman's titles don't get touched. But Someone if, has to take them from him. But if, And so then you can split them. But then that makes that other person look like a cuck, doesn't it? In a little bit? No, split no. It? Because then after after the Roman loses them, then you can split them. That's why it made sense. Like Cody wins them. They do the draft. Cody brings a new title belt. And then they introduce a SmackDown title. It was easy. It was easy for them. They didn't do it. So, But now at this point, it's like, you do it now, man. Like... It also devalues it devalues the fuck out of Roman too, because this guy went and won both titles individually, and you're just gonna take one away. Like that doesn't make sense. Well, I hope you're right. But yeah, I could see them like finding a way to split Sammy and Kevin's, maybe because remember the Usos were starting to defend the individual titles and they kind of dropped it. So, but I don't know. I I what if maybe they just split Sammy and KO in the draft and they just fucking who knows? I don't they who knows what they're gonna do. I don't know. It's going to be tough. It's going to be definitely very tough because you don't know what they're going to do. Although the thing that always has me kind of like they had me and then they still kind of have me. But I'm curious to see what happens because Triple H threw out that random line saying we're like, oh, it's going to change the game or whatever. And it's like, I don't know if it's just his version of saying we're going to shake things up a bit. You know what I mean? Like that's his version it's of the shit. same shit every year, man. It's never. No, right. I know. I know. But like, I always get interested in to see where this goes because I feel like. I feel like Baron Corbin could really benefit from a Heath Slater, nobody picking him thing. You know what I mean? Like he could do a lot of fun things with that. Cause that There's was ways pretty... to create a lot of unique storylines, I think through the draft. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Cause I mean, look at, look at Monday. We had a million reruns and granted Seth and Miz was a banner, but how many times have we seen that the last few months? So it's definitely the product and the rosters are in need of a little shakeup. And maybe we finally get some more of those NXT guys and gals uh, integrated into the main roster and kind of get some fresh feeds for like a Bianca and stuff. And so I think it's definitely needed. But I just in terms of like thinking like that fucking all this shit's going to change, I'd calm down a little. Well, I would just hope that the tag team division gets better because that to me, both women and men's tags division is just like through like 
I mean, obviously, we love KO. Hey, they're working on the women's baby. Liv and Raquel have a feud. They're defending them on Friday. Like, they're at least like, that's why I was good with the decision. Like, put the fucking women's tag titles on people who have to be on TV every week. So it was Liv and Raquel, Ronda, Shayna, when they come back. There's your money feud. But for now, like, Chelsea and Shonia's, Sonya's a fun little first feud. They're at least trying. But the men's tag titles, it's it's, it's tough. tough because we're stuck in the same fucking monotonous. We'll get to that in the heat. We can't talk about that. Yet. Give Braun Breaker the U.S. title. Are you insane? No way. I Not mean, he's going to get one of those eventually, but I don't think they need to rush it with him. No, they don't need to rush anything. Why rush in? Fools rush in. You must be a fool there, Joe. Just just saying. Just saying. Anything else you want to get heady? Heady. Heady? All right. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. I don't know why I went to the Kermit the Frog, but that's what I did. Um... I'm a little, I'm a little torn because I did enjoy the bloodline stuff, especially on Monday, but the judgment day, not getting the job done and the bloodline getting the job done felt like a cop out to me. It felt like it could be better. I mean, I understand what they're doing because really, you know, you strip it all away. This was solo's week. Like this was his chapter. I think we're done with the Usos being the main event or the, you know, the big deal where clearly when Roman's there, he's the big deal, but this is now solo's chapter in the book. And I think I'm interested, but I want to see more. Like I want to see more character development. I think we're getting there slowly, but surely, but it was just, it was hard for me on Monday because I felt like, Oh cool. This was like a cool little like thing that they kept selling. And now I'm like, okay, the judgment day is like, to me, the bloodline could take a loss here because maybe they're going to wait for the loss when they, you know, don't win the tag titles again, but like judgment day needs to look strong going into the bad bunny thing. So it was just weird to me. Yeah. I I'm having the same issues I've been having with this the last few weeks. And I'm probably going to continue to have till the cuck returns. Nothing storyline wise for the bloodline or any of this shit can advance till Roman comes back. And it's, there's only so many times Paul Heyman can be like, I just got off the phone with the tribal chief. We're starting to get into a fucking anonymous GM territory with this shit. We're like, I don't know. I'm fatigued by it. I'm fatigued by them fighting the same people every week. I'm fatigued that we have another six man tag. I'm fatigued that this kind of like feel like the Usos can't advance their story till Roman comes back. Sammy and KO stories cheapened by how it all played out and they can't really advance riddle being thrown in. Like I get that he wants his revenge on solo and whatever, but I'm not buying into it. Solo's awesome. I love that we get to see solo Sokoa banners every week, but it's one of those things. It's just, Everything around it, we're just stuck in this like flatline area where we just can't, nothing can progress and we're kind of stuck. And it's just, I don't know. It's one of those things like whenever the, any of those guys are on TV, I'm going to be interested. But at the same time, like we're just, we're stuck in purgatory right now. And it really, it's weakening the entire WWE product for me. Some might say we've been cucked. Yeah, tribally. The cucking. Of a chief. The great cucking of 2023. It's just weird, right? Like, it's this is still like probably the, it'll go down as probably the best story in wrestling history. But yeah, but it's just, it's going now out it's with falling such off. A, it's a fizzle. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's well, not going out. I don't think I said this in the podcast when I went on like my Cody spiel, but it's kind of something that the, when I like woke up the next morning and was thinking about it, I was like, this feels like that TV show that was so fucking good. And if they would have just ended it like in that, like the, third, fourth, or fifth season. Mwah. Greatest show of all time, Breaking Bad Levels. But instead, they're like, you know what? We're the walking dead. 
let's fucking do 30 more seasons, as Roman Reigns said. We're in the third inning. And it's just like, okay, well, I mean, there's some of us that are loyal and we're not going to go away. There's some of us that are going to stop watching it. Maybe we'll binge it and see if it's good, but it probably isn't. Then there's a lot of people who are just like, yep, you know, I'm out. I just, I can't. You've lost my attention. It's never going to be as good as it was. It's diluted now. The characters like had all reached their pinnacles and now you're just, you're dragging it out to drag it out. And that always cheapens like their arcs and their payoffs. And I feel like what this is kind of becoming. And I just hope it doesn't ruin the legacy of what the past year was for the bloodline. Because like you said, like it really was, it was fucking phenomenal. Probably greatest story of all time. But man, if they, if we drag this out another year and it like, and we have a lot of lulls, it's going to really, really hurt a lot of the great work they did the past year. But again, like, again, when shows and movies and TV shows and wrestling storylines do it, I understand it because you want to milk everything out of that cow before you have to put it down. But yeah, exactly. It's all about money, baby. And like Triple H said, he's like, the product doesn't end ever, blah, blah, blah. The story never ends. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, that's a it's, story it's a cop Yeah, it's it a is cop. 100%. But it does like, it says walking dead vibes, man. And it's just like, I know I'm pretty sure you bailed on that show. Didn't you? Oh, I, I loved like walking dead. And then I think I stopped. We all like, we all did. I know, but you, you, you get to a point where like, I think it was Alexandria. I just got to a point where I was just like, okay, I'm done. Like yeah. once, once, once Negan killed everybody, I'm like, I don't care. I'm done. Well, Negan like, felt like the, like the, the big bad. He yeah, felt like the it. Roman reigns. And when they ended it and then yeah. it was just like, oh, now he's a good guy. Like, I yeah, just, it's, it's too much. It's it, it, yeah. it, you get to a point where again, people are greedy. And I think that's the thing. Like wrestling can't be too greedy and it's just hard. Uh, I want to make a special shout out to uh, connecting people through wrestling. Cause Dom brought me here. Uh, so thank you, Dom. Cause Dom's a, uh, staunch supporter uh and he said a little after negan is where i left too look i mean i think that negan was probably jumping the shark for the for the walking dead so in in, in a comparison to what you said jc because you said breaking bad was the perfect amount of time that's probably the and a lot of english sitcoms and and tv shows danny this is for you if you're listening my friend uh they usually have you know one season or a couple seasons and then they're done they don't really Milk Three to it five, like a, I feel like is the max max. They don't they don't milk it like us stupid Americans. There you go. I'm an American shamer, Danny. You're welcome. Um, what? Your track record would say otherwise. Uh well, yeah, but I'm, for today, I'm trying to kiss up to my friend. <laughs> I do love. Uh so you know, no, but but the the thought the thought here is is like, if Cody had won, he didn't really have as much adversity. So I feel like we have to continue. No, see that's that's bullshit. But, well, how do you not have adversity? He fucking ripped out his shoulder last year. No. He had to leave the company for three years. That's all fucking adversity. That's the biggest bullshit in the world. No. That argument is absolute fucking bullshit. He never no fucking go suck Vince's cock then. That's I'm not right out of that's right out of Vince's mouth. That is literal the absolute most bullshit response ever. That motherfucker has faced more adversity than anyone. He fucking they put him in a fucking contact. Uh, fucking thing he was hissing at people and is fucking dressed up like a shitty version of his brother's gimmick and he fucking leaves starts a company proves it all around the world comes back it's like oh my god momentum fucking rips his shoulder fucking out of his fucking bone fucking wrestles with it has to be out of action for a ton of months comes back and fucking does the damn thing against the fucking stupid ass bloodline get out of here get that shit out of my face i'm just saying right now that uh 
You just you're a butt hurt. That's all it comes down to. Your butt That's hurt. That's not it. Wins. I literally, we literally just talked about the bloodline story and how everything is worse. No, I understand. I this I understand is you it. just trying to be like. Well, do you get you listen to the intro of this podcast? Yes, yes. You fucking you love sucking the WWE cock. And that's why you love it on Peacock no. because you love that. You just want to fucking no, 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 no. Great job, Vince. Oh, Hunter, you can do nothing wrong. No, 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 no. Like, get the fuck out of here. Come on. I hope not. I hope somebody out there just just gifts you fucking. Ah. I hope so. I hope I hope somebody, if Dom or Joe or somebody, just gif the fuck out of that, please. Um, but no, I, look, I agree that the bloodline thing is is bad in terms of like where we are in this moment in time. But overall, I feel like Cody's gonna get it anyway. So let's just let him let him let him. Yeah. Let him let him let him overcome something a little bit more. That's all. Yeah, we'll do it in season ten when no one's watching. Sounds good. At this point, we're the we're wrong because they keep fucking going up in fucking ratings and money yeah, and they're, not, they're fucking their their ratings yeah. are going down and down and down like they always do after WrestleMania. That's just it's how it always goes. You peak, then you have a fucking shitty roster mania. All the casuals leave again, and now they're stuck with us, the fucking suckers. They can't leave the product. So Danny makes a great point here saying that everyone was hating on Brock for being a part-time champion. And Roman's been doing so I agree. Cool. Yeah, but here's the thing. Hmm. I, I, hear really, it, I don't WWE cock again. No, no, no. I, here's the thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. were you expecting Brock Lesnar to ever, he's never wrestled on SmackDown or Raw since he's been back with the exception of winning against Kofi for two seconds. But like, who's he working right now and who isn't? What do you mean? Who's who's actually working right now? And who yeah, but Brock doesn't. Who showed wrestle. up in a duster on Monday? But who's Brock doesn't wrestle. But Brock. Off? Does, so here's my question to you: Would but you Brock's rather, on TV? Let me. Brock's okay. an attraction. He shouldn't wrestle. Just like Roman. Just like Roman's an attraction. He's yeah, a, he doesn't have to he wrestle. He doesn't it's have to wrestle. Thing. But he should be on fucking TV. He's the double champion. You can't go away for three months and expect like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah the product will be fine. Fuck off. No, both champions are gone. He's the champion on both shows. It's he cucked the show for an entire year. We forgave it because we thought it was going to end. Now he's going to do it for a whole nother fucking year. He's going to come back fucking three times. And we're going to be like, this is amazing. Then he's going to leave again. And we're going to be fucking bored stiff out of our minds and complaining about how nothing's fucking good. It's the same fucking shit, but we'll forget about it because when he's back, it's like, oh, Roman's great. Exactly. Exactly. Like you want to take a week, like every other week off or something. You can kind of mask it, but you're telling me after WrestleMania, you're fucking gonna go be gone like two months. Come on, show up for that Saudi paycheck. I'll tell you that. Oh, absolutely, he will. Absolutely, he will. Maybe yeah. Money in the Bank, I doubt, but maybe SummerSlam. He at least my has tag to. champions have some fucking decency. They work all the time and then they skip the Blood Money show. I mean, what are you gonna do? Anyway, uh, moving on to other things that were kind of whatever. Um, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to SmackDown. This is something that bothered me so much. I was almost going to give Shinsuke Nakamura my comeback this week, folks. So he has a match. Which is tough. Against Moss, which again, there's something there with Moss. I feel bad because Guthrie's going to be like, Moss deserves better. Which he I'm does. Sure he deserves better, of course. But he's going to get what he gets, so you can't get upset about that. Um, but then the part that bothers me was like, so here's the thing. You have Karrion Cross. With the Shinsuke card, and all I could think about was how how quickly could you make somebody not give a shit about Shinsuke Nakamura? I know, carrying cross. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Because honestly, all I could think about was, and there was a report out here. We don't really talk about the dirties, but it, I feel like this is a conversation I'd like to hear people in the chat's opinion as well as JC's. But they said Vince McMahon never saw Shinsuke Nakamura as a main eventer, which 
maybe it's true. Maybe it is not true. We don't know. But booking would suggest that it might be true with the exception of the Royal Rumble win. Here's my thought. Triple H definitely sees potential, obviously, star power with Shinsuke Nakamura. Do you think that it will come to fruition that Shinsuke Nakamura will be a main event player? Maybe. Or do you think he's just where he is and we're stuck with it? So here's my thing with Shinsuke, and I've kind of always felt this way, and I really value him. I think he's actually he's amazing. Um, I think if he came over here when he was younger, he'd have a better shot to maybe be a multi-time world champion. But to me, for those guys that come in later, like to me, like AJ Styles has always been the exception because he was that guy. Like instantly, he's on your screen, you see it. Shinsuke is incredible. Can he be a main event player? Of course he can. But was I ever pro him getting the title and was I ever upset he never won it? No, because I think he's the type of guy that can be a good challenger, like a short-term feud or whatever. But the only time I really see him having that championship reign is if he gets that Kofi-like reign where he's been putting it in for so long, he finally has the big moment and he gets that one championship reign. Because we can probably agree, as much as we love Kofi, he's probably not ever touching a world title again in terms of winning. When he challenged for one, maybe. But... I, that's kind of how I would equate Shinsuke, and I'd say I've I've said before, like in terms of Royal Rumble winners, like he's at the bottom of the list in terms of like you look at like holy shit top guys. Obviously, Del Rio is a piece of shit, but like he's a multi-time world champion, so it's a different level. So to me, and especially at this point in his career, I mean, I think Shinsuke is a high-level mid-carder, a guy that can dabble in the main event, a guy who can have a good feud with like a Roman Reigns and lose. But in terms of like your world champion and like face of one of the brands. No, not at this point in his career. So Bertsky brings up a good point at the end of the day. The champion needs to speak too, right? So he would need a manager. But a manager would then make him a heel, right? So They did it with Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn was kind of his manager when he was Intercontinental right. Champion. I mean, it wasn't bad. I don't, I don't, the thing is, is like, and to say there's a language barrier is, it is what it is in America. That's fine, whatever. But again, I think, I think personally, there's just not, there's just not enough there, not enough meat on the bone to really make him solidified as a big time player. I just, I don't. And I, and that sucks. Cause I love him so much, but in the WWE format, you can put him anywhere else. Yeah. He's the champ, but for some reason, the WWF hierarchy, WWE, excuse me, hierarchy. It's just, he's not, he's just not what they're looking for. He's just not. He was a and good NXT choice for NXT champion. That made sense. He's a good choice for like an intercontinental champion. But in terms of that next level, like I said, if he started WWE when he was fucking between 25 and 30, it might be a different conversation. But I think, and especially at the point he is now, I wouldn't have many world title hopes with him. But again, I think they did them him dirty on SmackDown. Obviously, like the job alert with Madcap, like we know what they're doing with Madcap. He has the hot girlfriend now, so it makes sense to make him the heel uh, with Emma uh, eventually because that's probably how you save it. But you bring back Shinsuke. He's one of the more entertaining wrestlers. And you give him a fucking job alert. You don't even get him a chance to showcase why we love him so much. That was a missed opportunity to me. Max C needs to recruit Shinsuke. <laughs> that would be funny, but he ain't getting anywhere near the top of the card with that gimmick. But that would be funny. Oh, uh, Danny from the top rope. I, I So, look, I I, I kind of dig that, to be honest. Like, he's got enough swagger that he would just, he would kind of just ooze charisma anyway. So yeah, I, I could totally see that working right now. I think they're focusing on Otis Otis, which I hope, I hope they keep going with it. They don't break up in the draft. Cause I think this would be more fun going on for Monday night raw, but that's besides I the think point. Gable and Otis are probably going to break up in the gear draft, but Otis is probably going to be with the models on raw. I think Gable's going to the blue brand. That's the wrestling show supposedly, but 
Do you want to you clock how much wrestling? Hey, do you want to see Gable Gunther? Oh, absolutely. I do. I just yeah. don't want. I know. I just want. I just want Karrion Cross off of my WWE program, I and mean, that's all. Yeah, and that's the other thing. The tough part is, it's like <sighs> that's a tough first feud for Shinsuke, and it's a tough feud for Cross too because. Somebody needs to lose. Well, someone needs to challenge him, I think, on the promo, too. And Shinsuke isn't the guy to do that. So it's tough. I think the hardest part here is, is like you're having somebody coming back, trying to build momentum, and then you get them against somebody who couldn't be colder in carrying cross. And it's like, what are we doing here? But I think that kind of tells you, even under the Triple H regime, that's how they view Shinsuke. I think that answers the question you were asking earlier. Okay, that's a fair assessment. I just I'm I'm curious what people think about it because I mean to me it, it sucks again. I think Shinsuke is amazing. I love him, but like I don't. I think there are levels, and I think at his age and like where he is now at this point in his career, he's just there's a ceiling. All right, moving on. Uh, it seems like uh, losing to LA Knight is a big deal for a lot of people. Uh, Xavier yeah. Wood now lined up to take on Gunther, which couldn't be even more so like somebody somebody actually wrote there they're like oh i can't believe gunther you know sorry i can't believe la knight is is losing 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 my thought is folks i would rather lose every week than win one stinking match just to be fed to gunther and then never heard from again essentially because that's what they're going to do with xavier woods he's just going to pop up periodically but losing la knight losing every week to me is going to be way better Way LA Knight is absolutely fine. If he was winning the crowd, the fans wouldn't be as behind him as they are. So they know what they're doing in this case. And and I would just like to state for the record, although I, I am I, my butt clinches a little bit when I think Logan Paul winning the Money in the Bank, but I feel like LA Knight on a losing streak is the equation we've always talked about, yeah, right? Yeah, but everyone wants that. And also, WrestleMania, you got to think about with Money in the Bank, if Roman's truly holding those things to WrestleMania, it can't be LA Knight. There's only two people. It's fucking Cody Rhodes and Logan Paul or Seth Rollins. So three. So I mean, I, mean, I love LA Knight. I think any other year, LA Knight would be a good thing. But if LA Knight wins it, you know who he's going to be? He's going to be Baron Corbin. He's going to be Damian Sandow. He's going to be Braun Strowman. He ain't fucking winning a title out of it. Unless if they do the mid-card thing like they did with fucking Austin Theory at him in the list. Which was even worse. So... It's a tough... It's a tough year to like... Because everyone's saying on Twitter like, one LA Knight to win money to make. Do you... How mad are you going to be when he fails his cash in on a mid-card title? Because that's probably what's going to happen. So save it. Let him no, just yeah. do his thing and be awesome. <laughs> I, I, I tend to agree. Um, anything yeah. else that you got that, that you thought was heady? I'm curious. Yeah. What else happened? I don't know. I don't All right. I'll move on. Uh, let's see. We didn't really talk about that. Blah, 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 blah. We didn't talk about Ray and Dom a lot this week. That was kind of like whatever with the LWO. It's not a, not a, not a big it's a lot deal. Of as much as I, I'm still enjoying whenever they're on my TV, them and the bloodline are very overexposed right now because until the draft, we have no brand split and it's the same shit on both shows. So it just kind of gets diluted and we're getting this the same feud with LWO, like you said, until we get through backlash. I feel like it's going to be a lot of the same shit every week. All right, so I'll, I'll end on this. Excuse me. Sorry. Uh, I'll end on this before we get anything. Bianca Belair versus Dakota Kai. I was excited to see Dakota Kai get a chance. But the one thing I've realized in this matchup when I was watching Bel Air was, man, does she need like a new scenery or she needs new opponents stat. She, she needs, needs something. Yeah. Like it is, it is very apparent right now that she is just not, it's not her fault. There's it's no just, one for her to fight. Yeah. There's it, no it, one. It, it's getting to a point where she needs to be less on television, I think, and more on just talking and letting people fight the, the you know, to see her it's later tough. down but she's a baby face, so it's hard. 
that's the thing. It's just it's it's like in like the only people are like Ronda and Shayna, and they're both hurt. I'm thinking in terms of heels, and then you look at the rest of the roster. It's like they're not gonna put Raquel against her this anytime soon. Plus, she's doing the tag thing. Charlotte's taking a break. That's someone else she actually hasn't faced. And then I'm looking at NXT at like all these great women that could be called up. It's like none of them are believable feud. Like so, it's just it's. She's she's know. some she's somebody that I'm waiting on to be cashed in on because that's the only the way to get it off of her. You know what I mean? 100%. Like percent. And that's Rhea ain't losing anytime soon. So hundred percent women's money in the bank winner cashing on Bianca. That's a good call. But I just don't I just don't know. That's not like, July though. <laughs> no, I know. But like in my head, I'm like, holy shit! Like she's yeah. gonna lose on on money in the bank like every woman ever or the night after. Like who the hell hey, are you gonna? She's had over a year reign so. I don't know. I, I think I'm just I'm I'm curious to see what happens here because for the next what is it May June July, maybe we're stuck. We're in this weird holding pattern with a lot of things, especially Bianca Belair. So, is what I mean. It here, is. Here's a match you could do at at Money in the Bank. You could do Bianca versus Trish Stratus. I don't hate it, but she's a heel. She's yeah. a top level star. Bianca would have to fucking drag her around that goddamn ring. But if anyone can do it, it's Bianca because we've seen her do it before. But it just, it's, I'm looking like in terms of <sighs> looking across the roster, it's just, it's not there. It's not, not anyone who's ready, at least for Bianca. I mean, I'm trying to think who's on my television every week. And I just, there's not, it's the only Rhonda, Shane and Charlotte. And none of them are on TV right now. I mean, they don't do a good enough job representing the women on, on, on SmackDown, let alone raw. So it's like, there isn't, there just isn't good heels right now. And if you can, if you call up like the Zoe Starks or the JC Janes or like those t- or Tiffany Stratton's or Cora Jays from NXT, they ain't ready for Bianca yet. They yeah. ain't so. So Bertsky, yeah, I mean that Eo, is who she's facing. She's that, facing that, Eo, That's right? who she's facing. Yeah, but I mean, like we're we're. I mean, Eo's not going to win. Do we have imagine. any belief system like that match will bang. That match yeah. is, will be awesome. We saw it in NXT. It was awesome. Um, but it just in terms of a feud, we know Eo's not winning. Nobody can beat her. She's she is super Cena. Like she, I she is to a point where it's like, and I think this is the hardest part about booking a monstrous baby face like her is just like, show me that you're going to be in peril once in a while to make. Well, me you need a female Brock Lesnar. Her name's yeah. Ronda Rousey, and she's hurt. Yeah, it's just hard. It's just hard because like you want you want things to be good, and like I I thought Bianca may that you know not really, but like there was a shot that Oscar could maybe do it, but. That's why I thought I I legitimately thought it was ending at Mania because I'm like this is the only person I see makes sense now. I mean, now I mean at the uh, point now, what do we do with Oscar? So. I mean, Alexa Bliss with you know the Money in the Bank would be interesting if she ever does that. Like I'd be interested in something like that, but we don't know if she comes back with Lily. Josh is gonna hate it, so it is what it is. And you you did say last time you saw Alexa Bliss that you don't want her to wrestle anymore, so. I don't well, know if I'll believe that you'll like it. Oh, I, I don't I know. I think you're just grasping at straws like we both are because there's nobody. There's literally nobody on the roster. There's nobody. So. Except for the no three and all of them are gone or hurt. And they ain't fighting her at fucking Backlash. Those are SummerSlam WrestleMania feuds. So I feel like we need to have a draft analysis or something afterwards, too, where we'll be like, look at this fucking lineup, you know, but that's a whole point. Anyway, um, let's get into the hope because we need to we need to wash this clean. Uh, would you like me to go first? Mine's short and sweet. Go for it. Glorious. You're my only hope. Um, so here's the thing. Gunther's been on a tear. On a tear. I want Gunther to just continue. I want him to beat the Honky Tonk Man's record. I don't have it in front of me, but it's <laughs> going to be awesome. And then here's the other thing that I really want. I want him to lose the Intercontinental title right after he beats the, the record, and that's fine. But who beats Gunther? And in my head, all I could think about was 
there's one man that I really want. And the one man to me is believable enough to beat Gunther. And this could be sexy after backlash for me, which would be the bloodline versus Imperium. I think that'd be fucking awesome. And solo, solo beats Gunther for the IC title. I would believe that. I think Solo's on track. I think he's the big guy to do it. If he's not, he should be the U.S. title. But honestly, Gunther should deserve to go to the next level. And the only way to do that is to get the Intercontinental title off of him. And to me, I would not even be remotely upset if Solo Sequoia, I'm calling him Sequoia, Solo Sequoia. Tree hugging nestles back. Yep, exactly. Uh, if Solo won, I would be very happy. I would be very happy. And you could, there's no person on this earth that could tell me that Solo doesn't deserve to beat Gunther at this point. So that's my yeah, hope. No, I think he'd be on a very short list. Um, he is a guy that I definitely wouldn't mind uh, seeing do it. Um, so, yeah, I won't disagree with you much on that one. Uh, my hope, eh, I'm going to pivot. Uh, we, we talked about, about the draft. Um, mentioned some NXT. We obviously think like Braun Breakers uh, of the world are definitely people, candidates to be drafted. And on the women's side, it sure feels like they're going to call up Roxanne, even though it might be a little too soon. But I feel I, it feels like they're gonna do it. But in terms of like I'm looking at like some of the men's division, and we kind of have a glut down of NXT, and it hasn't been a bad thing because the level of wrestling has been amazing. But I think there just are a lot of guys down there right now that came from NXT UK. That it's kind of like when Gunther came to NXT. He was he was there for like a breath, and it's like they gotta just you gotta call this guy up. Like this guy's more ready than all the people he's down there with. And I get that sense with a lot of them, and in particular, it's Tyler Bate. Ilya Dragunov and JD McDonough. These were guys that were, have been main event on the main event scene of NXT UK for a long time. They've come over to NXT. We know what they can do in the ring. I think Tyler Bates, one of those guys, like I think a lot of people that aren't familiar with him are going to be like, Oh, I don't know what his gimmick is, but he has that like really likable charisma. I don't think it matters. Um, JD McDonough is very clear what his character is. Cause it's, he's fucked up and that's awesome. And Dragunov's just kind of like a psycho. So to me, I'm looking at these three guys and I'm like, these three guys I'd like to see drafted. I think they're guys that are capable of having great matches with people on the main roster. I think it would provide a ton of fresh feuds, especially in the short term on the mid card, kind of really freshen up a lot of this stuff. Like, and just, I mean, obviously you match all these guys up to run them back with Gunther and uh, Butch slash Pete Dunn again. And no one's going to be mad about that. But in terms of like, uh, like he's got like a Tyler Bate getting in the ring with an Austin theory. You're telling me like that shit wouldn't bane or seeing how some of these guys stack up against the, like the misses of the world or like a, a new day type thing. Like just some of these different type of characters. And those are three guys that really stand out to me in NXT where it's like, it's time to just bring them up. NXT has a ton of talent. They're very talented. They're guys that really help fill out your roster week to week. And you know, when you book them in a match that it's going to be very good. So hashtag JC knows hashtag JC's hopes come true. Hashtag not Brit Shamer JC. I leave that all for Nestle. You know what just got me super bone, <laughs> super boned up that I didn't even think about till you actually said this? Dragonoff versus Brock Lesnar. I mean, I would I Brock would, would love that. He'd be like, it. hit me. Oh my and Elia God. would fucking crack him and he'd oh be my like, God. I would need to have my pants off for that. I would be so excited for that match. You have no idea. Like just just him coming out like doing this and then Brock Lesnar just laughing at him. Brock, would be like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, who's the fuck of this guy? He's like Who's this fucking little mini me? You know, like he's trying to fucking look like me. It's fine. I think it'd be great. I think especially with Cowboy Brock, that'd be great. <laughs> like I would, I would just fucking love it. I would love it so much. Um, so okay, our comeback this week. Comeback. Don't call it a comeback. They've been here for a well for a while. Um, I'm gonna give my comeback to Santos Escobar and 
my boy Damian Priest is I'm starting to look more and more like the uh, the guy with the Archer of Infamy or whatever it's called. Was it the Infamy of Archer? I Archer don't know of Infamy. Yeah, we're right. Thank you. Yeah, whatever. Um, I thought this match was a banger. Obviously, Miz and, and Seth Rollins won the match of the week for us. But this match reminded me that both men are fantastic. Santos is a really good baby face. He's doing very well. Uh, of course, Priest has been kind of like in no man's land, and now he's getting his comeuppance. So I was really excited for both these people. And I think I'm I'm more into the LWO than Legato del Fantasma. I think it's easier on the tongue for somebody like me. Uh, but also, they're good baby faces. They wrestle well. And I think Priest just, he's bigger than everybody else. It's about fucking time that he gets treated like better than everybody else. So I was just really excited about it. And of course, just like, there's so much that can be happening here with Priest. But there's also, to me, like, I'm waiting for Santos to eventually turn on Rey Mysterio because I think that feud after is going to be fucking awesome too. Yeah, when Dom moves on to beat Roman Reigns for the uh, both title belts, you can do a Santos Ray feud, and that's like co-main. Like, boom, I like it. <laughs> you want my comeback? I, I would. I would hope that you would participate in the part of our program. Yeah, my comeback. I'm going to AEW Rampage. I'm going to the main event because WrestleMania ten. 10, 10, he's back. Sean Spears, main event of Rampage, absolute stud. Great to see him back on my TV. Uh, he's only been on once since he's become a daddy uh, with uh, Miss uh, Royce over there, who's Miss Cassie Lee, whatever you want to call her. Um, so it was it's great to see my boy back on TV and in the rain. He's an absolute stud. And uh, whenever he comes back, I feel like he's got to be my comeback. He made it with Jungle Boy, made the kid look great. Uh, so, yeah. Can I, can I use, I'm not making fun of Sean Spears because he's, he's probably a really nice guy, but when you say the words specifically, when you said main event of rampage, my brain went to, if a tree falls in the woods, does anybody fucking hear it? Like nobody hey. fucking watches rampage. Not I one mean, fucking person here watches rampage. Maybe Dom, maybe Dom, Dom watches the, it. I'm sure Joe might watch no, it. I mean, no, hey, I will no, say this in WrestleMania because no. we say this about rampage. There are usually two things on Rampage that are very much worth watching. And it's usually a random Jade Cargill segment or Skyfall match and then the main event. Because a lot of the times this main event is you burying your boy. Darby Allen has the main event of Rampage for like a year. Swerve Strickland, another guy who's been doing great work, main event of Rampage. Like it's There's always two good things on Rampage. The rest, absolute trash. Because they always open up with like fucking an elite jerk-off fest or fuck some bullshit like that that nobody cares about. Um, but you know what? Main event of Rampage. Jungle Boy, Sean Spears, good wrestling if you like wrestling, great guys, hot girlfriends slash wives. I just when you when you you disagree when you well what is wrong with you? I would I would just are you a man? No, I am obviously at least the last time I checked. Hold on, yep, still there. Um, Cut it off and he lost predictions. No, (laughs) I cut my jacket off, not my dick off, asshole. Jesus, (laughs) Uh, no, for me it's um I can't believe I'm saying this, but. Jessica McKay is way better in my opinion. After after the when they went to Impact, I was like, "Where has this been my entire life?" Holy shit! Um, it's funny they make somebody a goofy fucking Australian, and then she leaves, and it's like, "What?" Humana, humana. Uh, but whatever, it's it is what it is. Um, I don't know where we are. Are We going to the big old finish now. Big old finish. We'll hit quickly. Hit two title matches on SmackDown this week: women's tag titles. Liv and Raquel defend against Chelsea and Sonya. Guthrie defends against Xavier Woods. Champions retain. Obviously. Yeah, but uh, you know, at least it's one of those things. At least there's feuds for both. Um, on Raw, Bad Punny returns, so we'll be moving that forward. I don't know anything else on Raw, so uh, who gives a shit? But Nestlemania, you want to go to Spring Break? In, I would love to be Spring Break, and I've never been on Spring Break. 
That's not surprising. Have you ever gone to like uh, Mexico or like no, Florida? I, wish. I was too poor. Come on. Poor? I thought every, isn't every college student poor? I mean, they all go. Yeah, but darn, I had other things to do during that time of year, unfortunately. I had uh, duties. Um, spring breaking. Seven matches. There's a new Seven guy. Seven matches in well, a two-hour two card? Well, Holy this shit. first one, it's a singles match. It's a two-hour card. Uh, Oba Femi versus TBA. Apparently, Who? Oba Femi. I don't know. It's some guy who's debuting. And I Who? can't click. I'm trying to click his like Wikipedia page, but it doesn't exist. He's written in black, but yeah, he's a new cat guy. I'm assuming he's an, either a what is with these? What is with these? I gotta talk to TJ. What is with these names? Like they are getting they're hard to pronounce. I don't know, but we can move on because uh, that's that's just a match that'll probably be two seconds long. Um, but we do have a mixed tag team match player. We have the payoff. Brooks Jensen and Kiana James taking on Josh Briggs and Fallon Henley. Brooks Jensen is all fucking done up now with his new girl. He's abandoned the bar. He's abandoned Fallon. He's abandoned Briggs. Do him and Kiana pick up the big win as a new power couple? So wait, she cheated on him and she he's still with her? Oh no, yeah, man, you got to catch up on NXT. It's better TV than fucking Monday and Friday. I only I only skim what uh, well TJ writes great stuff, but like I I, I to me it's like I got it's a visual thing with 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 this particular feud. These so. these segments are very cringe, but honestly, like I I enjoy them because it's like bad fucking TV acting and it fucking works. But yeah, no, Jensen's with her and he pushed Briggs last week, told him to go away. So, I mean, I would assume that Henley takes the fucking pin here. Yeah, I think I think the heel's gonna win because I think Jensen helps Kiana cheat. Mm-hmm. That's a good call. Next mm-hmm. up, singles match. We're finally getting it between Lyra Valkyra and Cora Jade. Another name hard to fucking pronounce. Like, what are we doing? Here? I like her though. She's really good. No, she's fucking cool. But like, just call her Valkyrie or something. Like, just well, they already have fucking Valhalla on the main roster. You gotta make it a little different. There's two Valhalla is a fucking Valhalla like who, is I, here. Like, I mean, honest- this girl has a Viking gimmick too. She's okay, okay, okay. Can we, can we, just for one second, just in Nestle Fantasyland, can we do this for one second? Braun Breaker, managed by Valhalla, beginning of the fucking, beginning of the fucking song, Valhalla, if you hear me, and then the sirens go off. I would fucking die. I would fucking die. These names are so fucking bad. Yes, Danny, you know what? Fine. I am a name shamer. You're absolutely correct. You notice he's going after yet another Brit, another person from NXT UK. What are you talking about? Lyra Valkyris from NXT UK. I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about Valhalla too. She's well, she's clearly American. She's Equal Norse. opportunity. Norse, Adam. She's Norse. She's a Viking. She's not really a Viking. You want to give me Ancestry.com? I probably would be a Davis Viking Pecker too. No. Fucking Viking shamer. Viking shamer, Jesus! I'm picking Christ. Cora Jade. She's a heel. Cora so Jade's cheap. better. The end. They're both great. Uh, then we have a trunk match. I, I, I think the losers get thrown in the trunk. Pretty deadly takes on the family of Tony D'Angelo. And I, mean, I mean, the Italians got to win with this gimmick, right? The D'Angelo's got to win this. Or, or I mean, yes, the answer is yes. Pretty deadly's getting called up, so they can absolutely. Lose. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? Like, I know it's not going to fucking happen, but if I was booking this. This is what I would do, right? I would fucking have this is never gonna happen ever. But I would have fucking they would go to put in, you know, pretty deadly in the trunk as they open it, the fucking FBI, full-blooded Italians come out and fucking they start a war. Nunzio and Johnny yes, Trimboli? Yes. Yes. That's <laughs> what I would like want. One of my favorite acts that was great. Like just him coming out being like, nah! I fucking loved FBI and ECW and WWE, all of it. I fucking I just I want to see that just one time, just one fucking time. Can be on a one-off, just to get Tony over. I don't care. 
I mean, I'm all for it. Tony, they call themselves a family. They need more family members. Right. You can't have, you can't have one family member. God damn it. The other guy's fucking on AEW, Reign of Honor, Dark Elevation fucking bullshit. Oh, but yeah, that's the trunk match. Next up, we have a singles match between the new greatest heel in NXT, Braun Breaker, against Andre Chase with the University of the Hill and Duke Hudson. Duke Hudson kind of just volunteered Andre Chase for this match after he challenged John Braun Breaker because clearly they're doing something with him. Uh, there, but uh, this is Braun Breaker squash match all day. I hope so. Very quickly, I hope he just runs amok. The end. He's gonna he's gonna rip up the flag and all this bullshit. And again, he's he's gonna destroy the university. He's gonna do what Schism couldn't do. Uh, we have two more matches in WrestleMania. Well, that was quick. Well, yeah, there's only seven, and you were freaking out. Triple threat match for the NXT Women's Championship. The impressive Indy Hartwell defends against Roxanne Perez and Tiffany Stratton. Is this a quick way to get the title on Tiffany and then call up the other two? I would think so, actually. I mean, I I, I don't think Roxanne needs this. I think she could eat a pin. She's getting called up. I'm telling and, you, I and, have a feeling. And, and honestly, Indy's great and impressive, but... I think Tiffany Stratton is the fucking like long-term plan here. So let's get this fucking going. Cause she, I mean, there's not a lot of flaws in her game. Like I can look, but there, I mean, I can turn a stone, but honestly, that woman is, she's inflated my opinion of her for sure. Did you like the gymnastical showing between her and Saul? No, no, I didn't because here's my thing. Here's my thing. It was fantastic. It was gymnastical. They didn't sell. sell. They didn't sell one fucking thing. And that's that. That's all I care about. <coughs> you can do all the fucking floor routines you want. It'll all look cool. I'm I'm all for it. Like I I like that aspect of wrestling. I like the athleticism. But sell a fucking move. That, once that's, in a while. This is why I will defend Ricochet and Osprey till I die. Because those two motherfuckers do all the bullshit, but those two motherfuckers sell more than anyone else. Right. Because all sell. these new guys in AEW that do a lot of the cool shit, I don't. They don't sell at all. And again, I love looking at that cool shit, but. You gotta sell for me a little bit, one time, one time, and they'll get I mean, there. But that, I mean, Dante, I mean Dante Martin, God bless him. He had to break his fucking leg in order to I sell. Mean, I mean, no need, just, to, there's no need to sell. Christ. Shatter your fucking yeah, leg. you fucking Joe Theismann, uh, your leg for crying out loud. I'm just, I'm just saying, give me a little anticipation here. Oh, my Cap leg hurts. Said, you fucking might have ruined your career for Ring of Honor. Woof. Uh, main event singles match between two hashtag JC guys, NXT title, Grayson Walla taking on Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams. Obviously, we know Melo is probably going to retain, but it just this again feels like to me, if they're doing this right now, that my boy Grayson might be going to the big show, baby. I, you know, what's funny. I know it's not going to happen because Carmelo just got it and he's going to, he's got this weird thing where he's like a baby face, but not a baby face kind of thing going on he's right now. Face. Yeah, but it's weird having Trick with him. In a little way, tricks but, the baby face now. If you watched, no, uh, I know the way Grayson treated him. Everyone was saying, "Whoop that trick, whoop that trick." Right, but here's the other thing, right? Like Grayson Waller as NXT champion, running amok on Shawn Michaels show to me oh, yeah. would That's be funny. fucking head and shoulders. You got to do it, but they're not going to do it because I think they're in their own way. Like, I, think I also don't that- think they want to call up Carmelo yet because they see him as the guy to carry that brand the next year, which sucks because he's more ready than Braun Breaker. And he's probably yeah, more ready than but most I, you know, no, He's more ready in terms of like as a wrestler, but in terms of like uh, making a star act, it's going to be a lot easier to acclimate Braun Breaker to bigger audiences, especially as a heel. Whereas you're a Mello, side shamer, basically. Is no, what I'm you're not. Saying. I'm not saying that at all because I think Melo's amazing, but I just think it's one of those things. It's obvious that 
more people know who Braun Breaker is than Carmelo Hayes at this point. But that will change if Carmelo is the face for a while. So okay. they're going to let him do his thing and be the guy. And when he comes up, he's going to be special. Because if he gets called up right now in this draft, I don't think he'll be as treated as special as he should be treated. Let so me let ask you this. The, let him be the star in the small pond for a little while. Okay. Okay. I was going to ask a question. But and Burke, he just had the best the best point. Carmelo has to have that belt in May when they come to Lowell. No, no, no. That's and I, I, no, and I understand completely. Like he needs to have that belt. Cause I mean, we all love him. I mean, like we said, we are all mass guys. We all want to see him do well. Um, but I am curious to see how they're going to present him going forward. Cause does he, does he feel like, and again, I, I apologize for not being able to spend time. I mean, thank God TJ's doing an amazing job over there. Jabberknocker.com doing all these 10 write-ups and he's, he's giving me the business, but like, I don't, from a writing, I don't understand it. I'd have to watch it. Because Braun Breaker's still there. Does it still feel like Braun's show or does it feel like Carmelo's show now? It the the way they've done it the last couple of weeks, it this especially this week, having him go on Grayson's show, it feels like that they're they're the show. Breaker has the new character, which is awesome, but they've done a good job. They instead put him with a hot babyface act lower in the card to let him just do his thing so he's out of the way. You just you keep them apart until either you call up Braun or you decide if you run it back at in Lola or whatever. So they're doing a good job of that right now because that's the thing. Having him face off with Grayson, that's the that's a good first guy to do because we know Grayson's legit. We know he's like a top-level heel. So it's it's a good way to start Mellow and give him, I think, a legit win next week. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Anything else? That's all I got. All right. Well, we made it through another one. Thank God. Um, I guess that's everything we've got here. And uh, I just want to thank everybody for listening and watching the Jobberknocker podcast. We'll be back next week with more Jobberknockery and Nestle name shaming. <laughs> <laughs>